What up, everybody? This your boy, B-Rob, and I'm back with another edition of the Random Rams with Rob podcast. First and foremost, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for coming back each and every week or however you listen to podcasts. If you're a first-time listener, I very so much appreciate you for tuning in and listening to my show. And if somebody referred you to me, if you are in their vicinity, give them a crisp high five. Or if you're not in their vicinity, use your social media app of choice and uh, send them that DM. I mean, don't get too creepy when you get up in there. I mean, this, this is just a social call. You're telling them thank you for uh, delivering some quality content uh, to your ear holes and whatnot. So in a true random fashion, I've been adopting that phrase uh, here more recently than anything because this is the Random Rounds with Rob. I have another guest and you know every guest that's been on the show comes from all walks of life all manner of uh, entertainment whether it be movies, film uh, television, Netflix whatever have you that entertains you it comes through here in some form and today is no different um, full disclosure well I'm going to give you the disclosure after I give you who my guest is you know you know how I do this is random I just preach it all off the top of my dome as it comes to me it flies out of my mouth hole and hits you in the ears so from TV CVV Chris Van Vliet how are you <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having me on I wish I was there in person to receive a crisp high five those are my favorite kind of high fives I know man and just like um, <laughs> we'll get into it more, but like, I wish I was in your vicinity as well to give you that crisp high five. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure one day we will make it happen. We'll be in the same place at the same time and uh, we'll deliver to each other a crisp high five for real. Cause I, I'm just wanted to be like Baywatch style or whatever. I'll come across <laughs> from one side of the beach. You coming from the other side, we just jump up in there It'd be more like the Rocky montage with him and Apollo or whatever, but, oh, of course. but less, yes. awkward, less awkward hug though. <laughs> But, well, thank you for having me on. Yeah, well, once again, like, as I said before, thank you for your time. Um, all right, full disclosure. I mean, I've done this with uh, numerous guests that came to this show. Uh, you know, I feel like I should always be honest with everybody. I mean, not because you're a guest on my show. It's because you're a human being and you deserve that courtesy. So, Chris Van Vliet, you popped up on my radar just four months ago. And, okay. And it was just like, a small blip. It was just like, boop, you were there, then you were gone, and then here we are talking four months later. Let me tell you how that all went down. Okay. I think it was your interview with Dolph Ziggler. You was in his backyard somewhere. He was talking about his comedy show and whatnot, and um, I think he popped up on a pay-per-view after saying that he wasn't going to be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so um, I remember this whole thing because um, I didn't know who you were at that time. I had never heard of you whatsoever in my life, and I seen Dolph Ziggler pop up because I'm a wrestling fan and yep. I believe within the past couple of years, Dolph Ziggler has not received a fair shake. I mean, he, you know, he might tell you the otherwise, but to me as a fan looking at him and what he's been doing over these past couple of years, he needs to be somewhere else up, elevated, high, gold, monies, all kinds of stuff. But yeah, listen to him talk about um doing his comedy and, you know, how he came into it and all that stuff. I mean, it made me genuinely feel happy because somebody that I have so much adulation and praise for or whatnot is doing something that he's enjoying, you know? Yep. So that made me happy. And I was like, oh, that was a cool interview. That guy, Chris, he's awesome. <laughs> so I didn't hear you again <laughs> until um, maybe a week or so before I sent you the email to see if you'll be on the show. Yeah. And 
it happened because I seen that you were doing an interview or something like that with a uh, former three R show alumni, Alicia Toot. Right. Okay. So I was like, oh, she's awesome. And then I got to seeing your interview, and he was like, oh. They're both Canadian. That's doubly <laughs> awesome. That's, and then you're from the same place. I mean, it's just all kinds of things around. But historically, you know, the three years in the show, I don't do research. I don't look into the background of nobody all too often. But today I was going through it, man. Like had a 12 hour work day. It was 94 degrees. You know, I was. <laughs> I freaking um, I got my vest on. I got all my duty gear on. I got a gun on my hip. I'm walking out in Houston, Texas to where the sun just decided to put use Houston as his armrest today. And on top of that, I had to deal with over a thousand people trying to come into my building and I had to screen and check every last single one of them. Wow. So I was feeling defeated today, man. Yeah, you've had a day. Yeah, I was feeling defeated. And I was just like, man, then I got to get off, hurry up, take a shower, throw some food in my mouth, do these interviews and whatnot. And, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I wasn't feeling it, man. I I just Mm -hmm. I didn't have it in me at the time. You know, I was physically and mentally beat down. Sure. So had a little downtime. We got to clear the chaos and whatnot. And I was just like, let me look this guy up. I mean, he did that cool Dolph Ziggler interview. Um, And before I watched you and uh, Alicia. I went to your IMDb and I seen all these different celebrities, seen The Rock, John Cena, you know, you know, people from the film world and industry and whatnot. And what really perked me up out of all that moping that I was doing earlier in the day, I watched your demo reel on your IMDb. Yeah. And I watched all four minutes and 25 seconds of it. And I was just (laughs) like, this dude is fucking cool, man. (laughs) And I was like, this guy is freaking awesome. I mean, I immediately, like, from the time the video started to the video ended, you know, my cheeks were up. I was grinning ear to ear. And then I went into the interview with you and Alicia. And that was extra delightful because, you know, I actually got to talk to her and everything. And then, you know, just y'all two talking passionately about what you do and, you know, just hearing her story once again. And it was freaking awesome. Yeah. And then I went to your YouTube where I was watching it already and I went to your um I guess like it was like a best of video it was like a couple of minutes long and I went through that and I thoroughly enjoyed that so out of all that bullshit that I went through at the beginning of the day you really turned it around and you made me extra extra excited to talk to you this evening that, man that's the that's the best compliment I've heard all month so thank you so much wow that's awesome yeah, man. And it's, I mean, I'm seriously, man. It was just like, and then I also got depressed once again because we are a year apart in uh, age. And then you got this lovely mane of hair. And I've been bald <laughs> since I was 23. So, uh. I mean, then I, I, you know, I just started questioning my life choices or whatever. I mean, where well, I'm at. You, you look way cooler with a shaved head than I would ever look with a shaved head. So, you know, if it, if it had to work out like this, I think that, uh, you know, it worked out the way it was supposed to work. And I'm fortunate. Everyone in my family, all my grandfathers, uncles, uh, my dad, everyone has a full head of hair. So I was like, I think I'm going to be okay, guys. I'm going to be all right. Well, see, I, I, I think I got the, the, the raw end of the deal because I'll tell you why I was the last child of 18 kids no so what you should have been on like some reality show or something you and your 17 siblings I know but like you know it's weird circumstances because like and you know like I said I'm a year older than you 
but right. I'm the last of 18. So there's a big gap between me and any of my siblings. So my mother was turning 40 when she had me and my father was already 50, 10 years older than my mama. And so I never grew up with nobody in the house because <laughs> gotcha. everybody was that much older than me. And they had kids. Sure. That, they had my, my siblings had kids that babysitted me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I say I got the raw end of the deal because my parents are so much older. They've been through so much life experience and they just transferred all that old energy into me. <laughs> oh, so that's yeah. why my dad still has hair. I have none. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, my, my knees hurt. My back hurt my elbows and shoulders jacked up i was like yeah. oh man <laughs> but my daddy 87 years old still running around here like nothing wrong with him <laughs> wow your dad's 87 that's insane yeah still kicking it man <laughs> wow well i appreciate you uh you know finding the time to make this happen i know my schedule is uh, a little bit crazy sometimes so uh you know I, I appreciate you carving out some time to chat with me tonight word now um I look at your Twitter profile and everything when I'm looking you up. I just followed you on one of my accounts. And yes, thank you. <laughs> Four-time Emmy-winning entertainment report. Four times. Yeah. I mean, you, you you did it so well the first time. They just is like, hey, just give them three more just because. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Like, uh, I, I'm so honored and so grateful to be able to win those two because, you know, a, a kid growing up in Canada, like, that's not even an option. Um now I've been in the U.S. for nine years, and uh, when you're doing local news or local television, that's the pinnacle, you know, to be able to win an Emmy. And you know, I'm fortunate now to win four, and I won two in my first, like, like my, my, my first award ceremony. Well, I won, I won two in my second year of coming to the U.S., and it was just like awesome. Like, and one was for hosting, and one I'm really proud of was for. A story uh, on a pro wrestler named Gregory Iron, who's the only pro wrestler mm-hmm. in the world who wrestles with cerebral palsy. Um, and I told a you know a really touching story about him, and he's he's a friend of mine. And uh, to win one for that, it's uh, it just it meant so much more to me. Word now, like what was the whole like? Do they tell you ahead of time that you're nominated? Of, of course, they probably had to do that, but like. Do they entice you to be like, hey, man, you might win something, so you should no, come to no, the show? No, I wish. Because um, then the, the years when you don't win, you could save your money and your time by not going to the awards ceremony. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but it's, a, it's quite a long process. Actually. You, you, you have a whole year to like basically you know uh, create your stuff, a whole year of uh, television, and then you kind of pick your best pieces. You submit them. You have to pay an entry fee to submit them into the Emmys, and then you wait. Like It's like a three- or four-month waiting process while it gets voted on and, uh, and judged by uh, a, a basically the Emmy chapter. Mm-hmm. And then after that process happens, then the nominations come out, and then it's another like six weeks after that until they actually have the awards ceremony and announce it. So it's, it's just like, it's, it's a long process. And the whole time you're just like, I hope this happens. Like I put in yeah. so much hard work into this and I just hope it's rewarded. Yeah. And especially to like pay a fee for you to possibly win something. I mean, <laughs> that, I mean, that's it's no different than entering a, you know, film festival or yeah. something like that. It's for shit. Or the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, it, well, I wish winning an Emmy was like winning the lottery, um, but uh, maybe one day I'll just have to win the lottery instead. Yeah. <laughs> 
now if you did win the lottery or whatever would it be like one of those things because like they make it public knowledge that you won the lottery would you be like the guy um a couple months back or whatever that one he went up there with like uh one of those walmart emoji heads on his face and shit? yeah <laughs> yeah I, I i mean that's the thing like you win the lottery you win a couple hundred million dollars and uh your cousins and uncles and aunts start coming out of the woodwork and being like hey chris mm-hmm. uh I, I i need i need some money so yeah i i don't blame that guy i'd want to be incognito too now let's talk about uh, the frivolous lifestyle of being a, a a billionaire almost essentially by winning the lottery what would sure. be some of the um, extravagant things that you would buy with that money Oh, I, first of all, I would hope to God that I wouldn't be one of those people who wins the lottery and then is broke two years later, which I think is like some staggering statistic of people that do that. Um, there's a reality I, show based on that, which is just so crazy. And I get it. Like I get there's a big difference between found money and earned money. Um, but to answer your question, I would probably I'd buy a big house. I'd probably I'm a big wrestling fan. I'd probably buy every championship belt that I could. Oh, my man. That's what this I'd, that's what this crisp high five would be at its yes. most solid. <laughs> I would have it I would have an entire room like dedicated to that. I think I'd have like my own Hall of Fame with just a wall of every belt ever. I'm actually starting this collection. I've started about a couple of years ago. I'm trying to collect every wrestling belt and then get it autographed by the person, the person who's famous yeah. for holding that belt. I got you, yeah. So it started with Goldberg gave me one of his championship titles. And I'm like, well, can you autograph it for me? He's like, yeah, of course, no problem. <laughs> I mean, so shit, then I got, it's not I got enough Hogan to sign the to Winged me. Eagle. Then I got uh, RVD to sign the ECW championship. And I... I'm going to keep going from there. I, I was last time I talked to John Cena, I so badly wanted him to sign the spinner title, but I, eh, it just didn't seem like the right place and the right time. So I just, uh, just had the interview with him instead, which was, you know, a phenomenal chat. I had a great time with him. Which, which one, uh, Goldberg gave you Goldberg gave me the big gold like, right, WCW okay. belt. All right. Yeah. Uh, so like in the vein of the United States champion, who would you have signed your, your U S title? Oh man, who's the most? This is tough. Who's the most famous U.S. champ? I mean, I guess in recent memory, you could make a case that it was John Cena, but mm-hmm. Cena's way better known for the spinner belt. Yeah, I don't know. Now MVP I, maybe. Oh, dude, dude, we would like. Right? We would have to do a high ten. Fuck a high oh, five. Oh man, <laughs> no. so crisp. I, I love MVP, man. That, and that's like when I think of the United States title, that's the first person that pops into my freaking mind, man. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it would be. And I've, I've interviewed him many times. He actually lives here in South Florida part time. So it's like that'd be an easy one to get. It's just like I got to work on the I guess I got to. Yeah, you know, I should probably take the opportunities when I have them. Yeah. Like <laughs> tag team titles, I think that'd either be New Age Outlaws or mm-hmm. the Hardy Boys, maybe the Dudleys. You know, yeah. and, you, and it's different for every person, yeah. right? Like who would sign the Intercontinental Championship? I don't know. Like Miz has had a ton of runs, yeah. but Chris Jericho is super famous for holding that title. Mm-hmm. So I don't. It's so many, what, so many choices. But so like, I mean, and, and we could we could talk for hours about uh, all the frivolous things I would buy with my billion dollars. But that would be <laughs> that'd be one of them for sure. Yeah. And um, before I give you my quick story about MVP, um, I got to see him at uh, WrestleMania uh, 32. I think it was uh, the WrestleCon that was attached that weekend in and, Dallas, right? Yeah. And um, yep. I, I told this story many times, but, you know, I, I felt I, I feel obligated to share with you. Please. Uh, so 
I went to the place where they had the WrestleCon. They had an ROH show in there as well. So I went to RO, the show. And um, as I was coming out, MVP was at the valet waiting on his car. And okay. I'm like, oh, shit, that's MVP. <laughs> and I got this big, like the current WWE championship, this big hunky replica thing hanging over my shoulder and everything. Yeah. And I'm being very extra stalkerish and whatnot. I'm just walking <laughs> back and forth, walking past. I'm like, that's motherfucking MVP. I know that. I know that's him. I, I, I he's my favorite, you know. And just built up the nerd to walk up to him. I was like, hey, "Do you mind if I take a picture with you?" And he told me no. And uh, okay. the reason he told me no is because you know it wouldn't be right to everybody else that paid money to take pictures and stuff with me inside a WrestleCon for to, for me to take one with you for free. And I was okay, like, that's and fair. I wasn't even thinking about that. You know, I was just like, "It's motherfucking MVP." And um. After he said that, you know, it dawned on me. He's like, he said, but I will shake your hand, though. I was like, ah, and I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, okay. And, and look, and now, and now you're still telling that story three years later. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I've always said that uh, uh, when you're a, a, a good celebrity who is self-aware, you realize that the two, three-second interaction you have with somebody is going to be the way that they frame you in their mind for the rest of their life. And, you know, if you treat them like, you know, like a piece of garbage, you're a dick to them, they're always going to remember you. They're going to tell all their friends and family that you were a dick, even though, you know, you might just not even, you know, realize they were there. Or maybe you just weren't having a good day. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love hearing stories like that one. Yeah. <laughs> My frivolous uh, purchases or whatever. I, I have yeah. had plenty time to think about this oh, i'm sure okay um my my thing is if i had the uh, uh, a substantial amount of money i would go back home to my hometown and i would buy all the property around my parents house i would rebuild my parents house from the ground up you know just the kind of same way it is but you know more modern and then I would just have the property around that house just like for family. Whenever we all come in from out of town and whatnot, we don't have to buy hotels or nothing like that. We, I mean, we just come in and that's a place where we all can just chill and hang out and visit. So, wow. So, that's very noble. Wow. So that's the one thing I wanted to do. And then every car that I've ever owned in my life, I would buy the deluxe model of that version. <laughs> So the very first car I owned was a 1990 Chrysler Fifth Avenue. Okay. So, so I would buy the deluxe model of that if I could find it. <laughs> the second car that I ever owned was a uh, Pontiac Grand, 1999 Pontiac Grand Am. Okay. So I would have that. Then um, the next one would be, I believe, a 2003 Dodge Chrysler before they changed to the body style that looked like a Bentley. <laughs> and then... Um, a 2009 Dodge Durango I had and then a Dodge Journey 2011 and then a Dodge Grand Caravan 2015 and then most recently I mean I just got this one so I got a 2019 Dodge Ram. I'm seeing a real trend here with Dodge. Well yeah that only came once I got the um, freaking the Durango because uh, okay. when I traded it in, they gave me bonus incentive because I was it, I bought a Durango before from Dodge, and then now I'm getting a Dodge Journey. And then when I traded the Dodge Journey in, I, you know, I got bonus incentive because I was buying another Dodge, and you know, I just kind of stuck with it. But the reason I had yeah, so many, oh, wow. the reason that I had so many vehicles, though, let you in on something, 
every uh-huh. time a vehicle got paid off or was damn near close to it, it get totaled. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> the um, the very first car that I bought with my own money was the ninety nine Pontiac Grand Am. Paid it in full. Um, I joined the military right out of high school. It was my first car that I paid for with my own money. I went on a deployment, Buku deployments, and you know I saved that money, paid the car off. When I got back, repainted it, tinted the windows, put all the bells and whistles on it. Then three days after it was done, um, I think it was maybe a day or two after my birthday, a uh, car ran a red light, took the whole front end of that mug off, and <laughs> it was gone. <laughs> Oh my God, no! And then the one after that, the Chrysler. Um, somebody stopped short on some railroad tracks. I caught some gravel, slid into the back of them, and they had like a three foot long tow hitch in the back. Went into my radiator, total. Oh no! <laughs> and then, you know, the Durango it just started falling apart. So I was like, let me get rid of this now before I get in an accident. In this, <laughs> yeah. So, so them last ones was kind of rough. <laughs> Well, apparently you're dodged for life now, though. Yeah, because I dodged a lot of bad incidents. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, but I, I think that was it. Just the cars and um, doing that thing with the, um, the family property and whatnot. I would definitely like to uh, take, like to have my own plane. Like, it'd be so awesome to have a plane and a oh, pilot yeah. and just be like, yeah, let's go here today. No, let's just fly here. And then and how I, awesome would that be? Yeah, because I don't know if you had to deal with the woes of flying Spirit and all the other places. Oh yeah, I've flown every airline, and I fly a lot. Like I'm, I fly, you know, probably once every two ish weeks, three ish weeks. So I fly, uh, yeah, I fly them all, mostly American airlines these days. But I was on Spirit a couple of weeks ago. Actually, I flew up to uh, Detroit to get an interview with Rhino, mm-hmm. and it was like so much cheaper to do it on Spirit. And of the course. secret with Spirit, as you know, is you can't bring any baggage exactly. like, at all. Like you're like, oh my god, it's sixty nine dollars to fly there, and then you're like, oh yeah, but it's fifty dollars to check a bag, and then fifty dollars to bring carry on. Like, oh mm-hmm. okay, well now it's the same price as every other airline. Yeah, because <clears> I, I went to uh, New York for WrestleMania, yep. and uh, <laughs> me too. Oh man, see so many crisp high five moments. <laughs> Jeez! So uh, Man, I, I was at I was at WrestleMania 32 as well. I mean, we could have Chris Pie Five there. Man, see, <laughs> are you going to Tampa? Of course. All right, yeah. so I'll Chris High Five you there. Great, and then I'll the, be there, and then the, we'll make it happen. I don't know about the Royal Rumble or whatever, but that's going to be here in Houston, Texas. If you can swing that, you get Chris High Fives there. You might even have a room to stay in here. <laughs> what? Well, I was at the Rumble this year. I don't see why I wouldn't be there next year. Oh well, yeah, I'm going to sort you out and high five the hell out of you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. So, what happened when you went to New York? Um, Spirit flight, and it was okay. twenty three dollars. <laughs> No. $23, but the thing about it, the flight took off at 6 o'clock, and I showed up at 4, and the line, because I'm not, I don't fly a lot. I'm not a two-weeker like you, so I don't have uh, uh, TSA pre-check and whatnot, so the line was from the x-ray machine all the way out through the breezeway, all the way into the terminal, and all the way around the ticket counter, and I'm like, and then I showed up two hours early. Yeah, but what's that? Oh. What was the saving grace on that though? Is they got another company uh, called Clear, and it is oh a, yes, is a, yes. Is a, is a private. You company. got the free trial, didn't you? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's like five minutes yeah. of your time. You can skip this line. You you damn right. You can have six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard I've heard a lot of my friends done that. That's so funny. Yeah. And it, it didn't matter on the way back. It was just a spirit line. I didn't fly spirit on the way back, so it didn't even matter. <laughs> I went with somebody on the way back um, from LaGuardia back to Houston and we were both in the terminal. So I was like, well, let me go do my pre-check, you know, since I ain't got to wait in the line with you peasants. <laughs> and then, you know, I do the pre-check and everything and he was right behind me in the regular line. So that didn't <laughs> work to nobody benefit. So That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, man, it's crazy how we've been in so many of the same places. That's what happens when you're a wrestling fan, you know? It, yeah. it, it unites us all. Yeah. And, and, and speaking of that, I mean, what was the what was the catalyst for that? What, what was the tripping point for you to be like, oh, wrestling is my jam now? Well, I was I, I grew up like wrestling was on in my grandparents' house, but like, you know, it was just on, you know, when you're a kid. But it was the attitude era that really got me hooked 98 99 that's when i started watching you know on occasion and then i was like week to week you know on occasion here and there and then like i was just hooked with austin and mcmahon at the time a huge fan of the rock uh triple h was i was a massive fan of his as well and then it was like i couldn't get enough of wrestling like i watched raw live on monday night then it re-aired the next day uh in the afternoon and i watched that and i watched um, SmackDown wasn't even on yet, but I'd watch uh, Nitro. I'd flip between and watch Nitro, and I'd watch Thunder and ECW. I watched everything, yeah. and I actually wanted to be a wrestler. I was a backyard wrestler. Me and my friends had a backyard wrestling company, <laughs> <laughs> Backyard Wrestling Federation in my hometown of Pickering, Ontario, Canada. Mm-hmm. My wrestling name was Chris Sharp because he was sharp walking, <laughs> sharp talking, and sharp dressed. Uh, <laughs> And I made a pact with one of my best friends, Greg Kuzak, that when we were done with uh, high school and we were in college, we were going to go to wrestling school together. And I held up my end of this bargain. Uh, Greg did not. But I went to wrestling school for a couple months while I was uh, in college. I was 20 years old. I went to wrestling school in Toronto. And it's a big commitment. And I yes. think that anyone that's been to wrestling school will tell you this. Like, It's like you're going to trade school. It's not just something you do on the side, like going to like karate class like (laughs) or like piano lessons or something like this is like your full-time vocation so it was tuesdays and thursday nights Mm. saturday and sunday all day plus i was still in college yeah plus it was an hour drive from my college town into toronto and after doing it for a couple months uh something had to give Mm -hmm. and it was 250 dollars a month to go to wrestling school and when you're in college yeah, $250 a, a month is a ton of money uh, I mean it's still a ton of money now but especially when you're in college and you're a broke student and you're eating craft dinner for every meal um, and it was a lot so it was like well something's got to give I, I might as well at least finish my college degree yeah. and you know I'm really glad that I did and uh, finishing college and you know diving into broadcasting is led me onto the career path that I'm on now. And I'm mm. like so incredibly grateful to be able to do what I'm doing now. Yeah, I host a TV show in Miami called Deco drive. We, mm. I interview a lot of celebrities and I go to red carpets and award shows and review movies. Um, and then, you know, I've got this YouTube channel on the side that you were talking about earlier that, you know, that's like my childhood dream. You know, if I couldn't be a wrestler, at least now I can still be involved in the wrestling world in yeah. some way. And, I interview, you know, the biggest stars in wrestling and 
you know, I, I get to have some really interesting conversations with people that I, you know, admire and look up to. So it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. And for me, it's exactly what I, what I want to be doing. I uh, mean, man, you just, just getting real deep into it. And you sound like you got choked up a little bit, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm just passionate and excited. And I, mm-hmm. I had a moment in college, uh, right before I graduated, like I was, I was entering my senior year. I had like seven months left of school. And I just, I woke up one morning. It just hit me. I'm like, Oh my God. Like when I graduate at the end of this year, I have to work like <laughs> for the rest of my life. And like if you if you went away to college, if you like you know did the thing where you lived in a dorm and then you you know you got a house with some of your friends, like college is the best. Mm-hmm. You're like living with your friends. You yeah. go to class when you feel like it. Like you know you you have parties and you go to bars. It's great. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like they stick a graduation cap on you, give you a diploma, and it's like all right now like enter the real world. It's like this huge 180 where it's like oh my god, like now I have to work five days a week or more every single week mm-hmm. for the next 40, 50 years. So I, I kind of had this epiphany that like, if that's going to be the case, if that's going to be my reality, I at least want to do a job I don't hate. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I, you know, really dove into like volunteering at a radio station and volunteering mm-hmm. at a TV station and getting as much experience as I could get so that when I graduated, I could at least try to get a job that I didn't hate. And, uh, you know, it worked out for me an internship at a small station in Canada, turned into a job. And I was a news reporter uh, at 23 years old and uh, kind of all went from there. Word. Uh, 23 years old. I think I was on a deployment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's uh, that's a different kind of real world and a different kind of real yeah. life. And, it, you know, it, it, you was describing the college lifestyle. I mean, it, from what you were saying, it, it sounds very eerily similar to the Marine Corps. So, like, you know, I went in straight out of high school. And, you know, never been away from home, you know, finally out on my own, kind of making my own money or whatever, because you get paid dirt <laughs> in the beginning. But um, just there with people my age, and you know, yeah. we all start together. We all grew up together. You know, we go out and party whenever we're not at working and everything. I mean, it, it's very college like and, you know, being in it for 16 years then being away from it now going on three years yep. um i'd recommend it to anybody that doesn't have a plan you know so like if you don't know if college is the thing for you and here i am sounding like a, a freaking recruiting <laughs> commercial <laughs> you're like a guidance counselor over here you know i mean if you don't have a solid plan you know i mean <laughs> college are you, is still- in, are you secretly in recruitment I like- mean, man i wish they hired civilians to do that because i would go do that in a heartbeat <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, it's funny though. We live in a very different world now than when you and I were, you know, eighteen years old. And I, I think that when we were eighteen, you had to have a plan. You had what? Well, even if you didn't have a plan, you had to have something you yeah. were working towards. You know, for me, college. For you, you know, uh, enrolling. And it's like, I think now you can be like, hey, I really like this thing, whatever this thing is, whatever you're interested in, whether it's music or movies or wrestling or sports, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and we see all these people who are making a career out of either doing it on YouTube or talking about it on YouTube or a podcast or whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just really exciting. And I feel like we're going to be grandparents one day and we're going to be telling our kids stories about like, 
commuting to work or stuff like that. And they're like, oh, why, why'd you drive to work? Why, yeah. why didn't you just work from home like everyone else? Yeah. Like I really, I, don't get me wrong. People are still going to have to commute, but I just yeah. feel like more and more people are taking their own life uh, into their own hands, like their, their own destiny into their own hands and going, I, I'd rather just take a you know chance on myself, bet on myself and see what I can do. Yeah. And I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, since we are around the same age again, I bring that up. Um, like, from then until now, I mean, how, how crazy has technology got, man? <laughs> it's insane. I and I, you know, I was, and what's what's crazier about it is how normalized we've become to it. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> like, just ten years ago, uh, iPhones didn't even have the turn-by-turn directions in them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just twelve years ago, when the iPhone was invented. Uh, we had to like go home to look at, look things up on the internet. And then just 10 years before that, we didn't really have the internet. You know, that was, that was something that wasn't even like, it was barely in its infancy at that time. So I think what's so crazy about it is how, uh, used to it. We've all become like, (laughs) remember like if, if, uh, if your parents wanted to like record your baseball game, football game, you know, recital (laughs) concert, whatever, you had to bring out the big like VHS camera yeah, if yeah. you were lucky enough to own one. Yeah, because there's like maybe you could borrow dollars. one from your neighbor or something if you didn't have one. Maybe. Yeah, man, because ah, my brother had one of those. He was usually up on the current trends and whatnot when we were when I was a kid and whatnot. But like he was the first one to ever give me, or he was the one that introduced me to compact disc, or wow. and a CD player. <laughs> you know, and it was totally by accident. <laughs> uh, do you remember what your first CD was? I, I'm, about, I'm about. I was just about to tell you that story. Okay. Um, okay. So I don't know if it's still around, but you probably remember the um, publish, not Publishers Clearinghouse. That's the sweepstakes shit. But the uh, Columbia House. Oh yeah, yeah. Where it was like uh, twelve CDs for a penny. Exactly. So my yeah. my brother was in the military, and I I think I was in either middle school or something like that. So he would get mail sent to mom's house and started getting cds in the mail from a uh, columbia house yeah so that's my first interactions with cds and whatnot so he obviously did the whole introductory thing you know you get 12 for a penny and whatnot then you cancel any time and, and everything so yeah yeah i believe he didn't cancel it right away and he got another cd in and whatnot so i remember him you know i'm young dumb kid and i remember him vividly saying that you know i don't want to do this no more you know you know, I got to cancel this. So when the CD come in the mail, I didn't think nothing of it. He said he didn't want this no more. So one of my friends were there. And I was like, here, you can have this. He said he didn't want this stuff no more. So I gave away the CD and uh, <laughs> they, he ripped that, ripped it out the box, threw the box over the fence in the other, you know, the field over there on the other side of the house. And, you know, didn't think nothing of it. So yeah. my brother get a bill in the mail for the CD. And he was like, I didn't get no CD. And then my mom didn't, you didn't get no mail here. I don't know what you're talking about. And then he's like, I don't know. I forgot how the argument went specifically, but I was like, (laughs) I have to clear my name. So I go over the fence in the other field or whatnot. And I'm digging through the weeds and everything. And I find the receipt. I find the box that the CD was in and whatnot. And I brought it back. I was like, see, look, you did have something. (laughs) And um, he chewed me out. But um, ultimately he was just like, here i went i went to my friend i was like hey he looking for this thing he paid for it he wanted cd back so he was like here here you go cool so the cd that um was given away that 
he wound up giving to me because he didn't want it anyway. He just wanted to see, you know, that, you know, there was something there that he paid for. It was the Criss Cross album, the very first oh, one. Oh, yeah. So that was my first CD. So he With gave the it backward to, pants and everything, right? Exactly. So he gave that to me. <laughs> And I was like, what is this? What I'm going to play it on? Then he gave me a boom box with a CD player on top. He's like, here, you can have this too. I was like, oh, all right. Wow. So that was my first CD and my first boom box. Yeah, that's a great story. And then um, <laughs> my nephew, um, who is, what, a couple years younger than me, um, he come over and he would come spend a night. We played Nintendo, Xbox, all kind of things and whatnot. And we would take that boombox and we would just find all these CDs. And I can remember vividly because he does music. He raps and everything now. But his mom, you know, she sung gospel and all kind of other stuff like that. Me and him would be in the room trying to sing the Boys to Men CD. <laughs> Freaking on, on bended knee and everything, trying to do the Wanye head shake and everything. <laughs> and I can remember it being so horrible. And I would tease him about it every time we talked recently. <laughs> Jeez, but yeah i mean what was your first cd uh it's pretty it's pretty embarrassing Uh, um can't be (laughs) um i'm not like it's not like i'm proud of it but it was just you know it was such a popular song at the time and uh so i was uh it was uh, ace of bass okay Uh, the sign you know it's such a popular song i think that's what the album was called too but Mm -hmm. you had the sign don't turn around Mm -hmm. all that she wants all these popular songs on there um and i remember specifically this was 1994 when i owned my first cd i remember specifically asking someone because there was the option to buy the tape an option to buy the cd (laughs) and i'm like is the cd like that much clearer because the cd was like two dollars more or something yeah and I'm like, is the CD that much clearer? And they're like, oh my goodness. It's like, it's the crispest sound I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. It's, it sounds, it sounds so clean. And I remember putting it on and being like, eh, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound that much different. But I was amazed because up till this point, you had to fast forward, rewind, yeah. all that stuff. I was so amazed that I could be like, if I want to listen to the fourth song, I can just go one, two, three, four. And then, right, oh, it's the fourth song. That was uh that was a pretty amazing thing. Yeah, man. That, that was the turning point for me. I was like, I must have all the CDs. <laughs> yes. And now you want you know want, want to talk about technology changing. Mm-hmm. CDs are a joke now. Yeah, I don't I can't even remember. Well, I lied. I go to Walmart every day. <laughs> damn, okay. damn near. So I mean <laughs> I, I I see CDs all the time, but yes. you know, nobody buying them from Walmart because they cut out all the good stuff. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. Every CD that is sold in Walmart is censored. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, you can go to Target and get the explicit version or whatever. You can go to any other place except for Walmart, which baffles my freaking mind because they can sell R-rated and damn near X-rated movies, (laughs) but you won't sell a CD that's just an audio medium with with curse words in it. (laughs) That's so funny. You're, You're so right. Huh. It's so, I mean, it's, it's funny when you look at the, uh, the evolution of, uh, the way we've listened to music from records to eight tracks mm-hmm. to tapes, to CDs. Then when, when MP3 players came out, it's like, Oh my God, I can just put this tiny little thing in my pocket and listen to 20 songs. Amazing. <laughs> and then the iPod came around. It's like, Oh, now I can listen to 500 songs. And now you just have a, an Apple music or a Spotify account and you don't even need to own the music anymore. That's, that's the craziest part about it. Yeah. Now, 
<laughs> I'm an Apple guy now. I mean, so you get you would get blue text bubbles from me. Um, <laughs> good, good. But, but um, <laughs> boy, that was a contentious issue when I mentioned <laughs> that, that in funny. the interview with Alicia too that uh, she had green text because she had an Android. Like <laughs> it was just a joke, and all the people that have Androids, like every single human on Earth that owns an Android, has commented on that video, being like, "Dude, Androids are the best. No. iPhones suck." It's like, no. look. I don't. I don't care one way or the other. I genuinely don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, if it makes calls and texts and yeah. allows you to surf the internet, who, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but but it's highly touted on the three R show. The random rounds of Rob that Android is the inferior device. <laughs> oh well, I think we all know that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, <laughs> man. But, you know, I'm Android t- people will try to make an excuse. And by no means am I an Apple person. Like mm-hmm. I don't own Apple TV. I don't own a, mm-hmm. a MacBook. Nothing like that. It's just. Mm-hmm. The iPhone makes sense, and yeah. uh, I, that's that's it's the, it was the first phone to really have actual internet. Because before mm-hmm. the iPhone, it was like you had like just basically words and lines yeah. as an internet on your phone, and then the iPhone came along. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm sold. It looks like a computer screen. Yeah, because uh, I mean. In- all jokes aside, I mean, I, I dig Apple, but like the only reason I keep it as a phone is because it's the most reliable phone that I've ever had. I never had a problem with it. And then if I did drop this mug on the ground, Apple would be like, oh, man, it's cool, baby. Here, have another one. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know about you, but like when someone hands me a, an Android to either like oh. put my number into it or take a photo, oh. I'm like, I don't I don't know. Like, what, I don't know what's going on here. You do it. I'll just you no, do it. That, that's daily. We, we, we is a split household here. So okay. my wife has an Android. I have an oh Apple, my God. I have an Apple phone. How do you, how do you remain married to her? I'm so sorry. Uh, she, she looks nice. So I, I give her a pass. <laughs> um, and then the baby, she has like an old iPhone that she plays on. So she, me and the baby, we 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 team iPhone. <laughs> and back on um, my son, he has a freaking well, he had an Android device, but he was acting up at school, so it's in my pocket now. But oh. so the house is divided in that main. Me and me and the kid, me and the baby, just be like, yeah, screw that junk over there, <laughs> and your green text messages and all that stuff. <laughs> you and the baby can be uh, airdropping with each other. Exactly. Oh no, look, <laughs> like, like like no lie, you brought that up, but like. She has an iPad too, an iPad Mini, and um, she got like a little the the Google or no the Adobe Draw, the little pen that she can use on there, okay. and she'll draw some artwork on there. And she'd be like, "Dad, look!" And I'd be like, "Airdrop me that." And I, you know, I forget I'm just talking oh, to a, yeah. a, a kid or whatever. And she's like, "What's that?" And I was like, "Oh, let me show you." And I showed her <laughs> how to do the airdrop, and like she'll draw something. She's like, "Hey, Dad, let me airdrop this to you." I was like, oh, "Yeah." <laughs> I'm upstairs doing a podcast and I get like the little you know oh got a new picture all right oh that's cute so yes we 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 a cohesive unit on this side they just I don't know what they doing over there <laughs> her phone don't even sit on the charger right you know she yeah. got she got the little the wireless charger stand or whatever and she had to turn that some bitch sideways to croak the rock and uh <laughs> so they'll charge <laughs> I don't know what's up with it <laughs> Does she shine it up real nice too? Yeah, she do. She got a terry cloth that she wipe on the screen and whatnot. She shine it up pretty good. <laughs> but um, you talk about being here in the states um over nine years now. I mean, what was that transition like coming from up top to down bottom? Uh, well, you know, being from Canada, you always visit the states. Um, like New York or Buffalo is an hour and a half drive from me, so. 
I always, I always enjoyed coming to the U.S. Um, and it was always kind of the dream in broadcasting for me to come here just because there's so many more opportunities. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of opportunities in Canada to do entertainment news or TV hosting, which is, you know, the, the specific niche that I'm in. Um, I'd say that uh, the thing that amazed me the most when I moved here was the portions of food at restaurants like it's it's obscene like especially when you go to like a and i love american chain restaurants still to this day um like texas roadhouse is amazing like and every time i go to golden corral i'm like are you sure it only costs like 10.99 like and i can go up as many times as i want um i love the pancakes look I don't know why people hate on Golden Corral. Golden Corral is fantastic, and I would eat there every single day if there was one closer to my house. Um, like when I first moved here, I gained like I think I gained ten pounds in the first six weeks because I, I ate out at a new American chain restaurant like every day. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to Pizza Hut lunch buffet like three or four times a week. It was just crazy. So that was a bit, that was a big transition for me. I had to start to show some self discipline. Uh, to not eat my face off every single time that I was, you know, had the option to. I, I specifically remember going to, I think it was, um, it was Applebee's, and they had their two for twenty menu, oh. where it's basically you get two entrees and an appetizer for twenty bucks. And I had been in, I was living in Cleveland, and I'd been there for like maybe two months, three months, and like three of my friends from Toronto came down for a road trip, and I'm like, oh well, we'll you know, we'll go to Applebee's. It's you know, it's easy, it's cheap, it's it's close. We went there and they're like, what's this two for 20 thing? I'm like, Oh yeah, you want to split? He's like, dude, for 20 bucks, I can get two meals and an appetizer. Like I'm going to get one of these for myself (laughs) and all my friends, every single one of them got the two for 20 from, for themselves. Like, so that just shows you how like good of a deal it is. Yeah, man. Oh, (laughs) so what's your go-to? What, what, like whenever you just like, I need to go here right now. I'm hungry. <laughs> Nowadays, it's uh, like pizza and wings are like my kryptonite. So, like, if I can, if I could find like a Buffalo Wild Wings okay. or a Hooters, like that's my jam. Or like, you know, just a just a local uh, um, sports chain here, like sports bar here. Like that's that's it for me. Like a dozen wings and a beer and maybe some fries, like that. That is it for me. If it was a chain restaurant, you can't go wrong with Cheesecake Factory. Mm-hmm. And I love me some Cracker Barrel mm-hmm. and Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. My God, so good. Now, yeah, I got confused. You were talking about Golden Corral. So I love the pancakes. I mean, I thought you were talking about Cracker Barrel. But yeah, Texas uh, Golden Corral. You know, me and the kids, we can go to places like that. The, the missus. Eh, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> they have a chocolate wonderfall, though. And it's wonderful. <laughs> it is. It's a wonderful wonderfall. <laughs> you can dip anything in that thing. Uh, oh, me and the kid, the oldest one. Um, me and her um made a five dollar bet that she wouldn't eat some uh chocolate covered carrots. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yeah, go and dip that in the wonderfall. See how that how that go. <laughs> <laughs> I think I dipped pizza in there last time. Oh, so good. I need to try that. Uh, look, did, you, anything dipped in the chocolate wonderfall is amazing. Did you do the chocolate or the white chocolate? Oh, I did the, I did the, uh, the dark chocolate. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, slew of interviews. 
Um, I'm a, I'm gonna ask you your, your favorite two. One from the professional wrestling side, and one just you know overall entertainment. Well, my favorite from the wrestling side is someone I looked up to, like when I was a kid, and it was someone I was on the top of my list that I wanted to interview for years and years and years. And when I finally got to meet The Rock, mm-hmm. it was everything you'd want it to be. Like he's he's charismatic, he's funny, and he makes you feel important, even though he's arguably. You know, one of the biggest movie stars in the world. He takes the time to make you feel important. So, you know, Rock's obviously, to me, a wrestler. To a lot of people listening to this, you know, Rock might be just a movie star, not a wrestler. So, you know, he might touch on both those categories. But for me, he'll fall into the wrestling category. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the celebrity category, it's really hard to top. Um, Tom Cruise was my other, like, interview that I really wanted to get. And... There's very few like legitimate movie stars. And when he walked onto that red carpet and, and what a situation this was, it was last summer, Mission Impossible 6, mm-hmm. red carpet, uh, world premiere in Paris. And we were right underneath the Eiffel Tower. Like it was Word. the coolest possible scenario. And Tom Cruise is, you know, for as big of a star as he is, he's been in uh, Hollywood now for 30 plus years as a, as a massive star. He looks you in the eye and has a conversation with you like you're the only person there. And it was one of the most incredible things I've ever experienced. And uh, if that's the only time I ever get to talk to Tom Cruise, that'll be okay. Like that was a, was a really amazing experience. Yeah. And I know um, when you and Alicia had the, um, the, the conversation and whatnot, you asked um, what was on the uh, checklist and whatnot. I mean, I asked in that same question to you. I mean, who's on your checklist? I mean, you done already got to The Rock. You done already talked to Tom Cruise or whatever. So, I mean, what what's what's next, man? What's higher? <laughs> well, I, I the interview that's at the top of that list now is Vince McMahon. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I, I don't know if that will happen, but I'll keep putting it out in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's the interview I'd love to make happen. Even if it's just for a few minutes, I would love to meet Vince McMahon. I mean, whether you love him or hate him, whether you're happy or not with the WWE product, if you're a wrestling fan or you've ever been a wrestling fan at any point in your life, you have Vince McMahon to thank. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically built this up from the ground up. And... Uh, I, I I would first like to say thank you to him. And yeah. then I'd have just a ton of questions about just the whole process of everything. And, mm-hmm. uh, that's one I'd love if that can't happen. Uh, triple H triple H is a guy I had a poster of mm-hmm. when I was in high school on my wall. Now he's, uh, in the position that he's in now. And, you know, he probably will be the next Vince McMahon. Like it seems mm-hmm. like he's kind of the heir apparent to the throne. Yeah. So, those are the two that uh, I'd like to make happen. I think Triple H is maybe possible. Vince, I don't know, but I'll keep saying that uh, Vince is the one I want. Yeah. Now, if you can't get Vince proper, would you take the, um, Vince from the uh, Firefly Playhouse? Funhouse? <laughs> <laughs> I would gladly take that if, if Bray Wyatt's included. Oh, oh yeah. That, that has to be a package deal. I mean, that, what do you whatever he that, has, whatever he's doing with that gimmick, it's fantastic. Yeah, I was just about to ask you what you thought about it. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I'm very interested to see how this translates into the ring. Yeah, um, that's because been the these crux vignettes are fun and they're great, but this, they're not going to last forever. Yeah, and, that, and that's kind of what been the crux with him or whatever. Man, he'll go away for a while, come back with something fresh, and then it just kind of like. Meow. 
Yeah, and then, and I think he's really talented. Like oh, yeah. when he had when he had that run and that push a couple of years ago, there's no reason he couldn't have been the champion. And I don't know why they didn't uh, give him that chance and take that chance on him because I think it would have been a really interesting run. I want to see him in movies. Okay, I, I really but, do. But you want to see him being the Bray Wyatt character in movies, or you just want to see? You know, I just Bray want, Wyatt, the you know the person acting. Like I, I want to see him do something in a film. I mean, he don't have to be. He can do whatever it is that he want to do. I just want to see him in a film. Okay. Well, I, I think that's probably pretty possible. Yeah, because I, I don't mean, see why not. Yeah, I mean, because the way you know he this whole Firefly Funhouse and just like delivery of promo and everything. I mean, he he has the ability to embody the character, and I, I really feel like if you gave him a a bomb movie role, whether it be a horror film or just whatever, that he would knock it out of the park. And I would pay money to see such. Bray Wyatt's got something pretty special mm-hmm. going on, whether it's in this incarnation or the previous one. There is not an entrance cooler mm-hmm. than the lights going out, the lantern getting turned on, and everyone taking out their uh, iPhone flashlight or yeah. Android right. flashlight. <laughs> Or regular shining, flashlight. I remember it in the air. <laughs> or regular flashlight. I take a regular flashlight over Android. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a really cool thing, especially when it was like at WrestleMania and there was mm-hmm. you know eighty thousand people doing that or a hundred thousand people. Mm-hmm. Really, really cool. Yeah, not so much in uh, Santa Clara, but <laughs> yeah, because it was light out at the time, wasn't it? Yes, exactly. I was there for that one with my. Light. I was there too. God damn it. <laughs> Man, how much? First of all, how many manias have you been to? Uh, New York would have made my fourth. The only one that I missed was the one in Orlando. Okay, so you went to thirty. Was it thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two? No, I went to. I went from. I went to thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-four, thirty-five. Okay. All right. Cool. I uh, so I'm I did 18 in Toronto. Mm. I'm as old as WrestleMania, so I yeah mm. I was 18 at WrestleMania 18. Um. So then it was, then I did 27, 29, and 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, now I'm going every year because it really helps my YouTube channel to get yeah. as many interviews as I can. And, you know, there's no better week uh, than WrestleMania because it's amazing. WrestleMania week's a really special thing, even if you don't yeah. go to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Everyone who's ever had anything to do with wrestling at any point in their career is there either wrestling um doing you know maybe a a show or something like that or or they're signing autographs yeah uh, and that's what um new york was for me because like out of the four trips this one by far was the best because i went there i met people that i used to serve with and um, I went there. I was able to do a live podcast with one of the shows that I, I personally listen to and I, I think is freaking awesome. So I got to be in person with those people, giving them crisp high fives and recording a podcast <laughs> with them. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we had a ton of meetups and everything. Uh, it was just out of all four of them. That was the best one for me. And, I, you know, I'm just waiting to see what Tampa is going to look like. And I'm going to give you a theory. Okay. Not only will we crisp high five, we were probably high 10, but wow. Um, Kyrie saying, yeah, WrestleMania pirate, okay. theme, pirate themed pirate princess. 
I feel that's why she got called up. I don't know why. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> unless, unless she starts getting booked differently, that is, uh, I think that seems a little far off right now. Yeah. Well, it's just right now. We we have plenty of that's time. Right. We have almost a year. You're mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. The, the, the briefcase ain't even been cashed in yet, so we good. <laughs> it gets cashed in next week. So say. That's true. Yeah, because it, be, it was supposed to be yesterday, and he's, now he's screaming Friday. Because they're doing yeah. the show that will not be named, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm still gonna watch it. I don't. I know people are upset about it, but I mean, I'm still gonna watch it. So <laughs> we're all gonna watch it. Of course we are. Yeah, they'll be like, "Man, I ain't watching that shit." And then they'll be like, "Doop." Oh of man. Of course. How, yeah. Of course how, you're watching it. Because what I don't understand is how you gonna sit there and tell me you ain't gonna watch it, then you know every detail of the match that happened. I was like, I, <laughs> I, 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 I thought you didn't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what the TDE can only gift so much of a match, you know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But man, um, entrepreneur is a category here on your your amount of your list of accolades here and whatnot i mean what, what you got going on in the background other than being awesome and handsome and everything with that mane of hair of yours <laughs> uh i own an outdoor uh fishing brand um i'm a big bass fisherman i've been bass fishing my whole life i competed in uh bass tournaments up until recently and uh business my fishing partner is now my business partner and we started a uh bass fishing brand where we sell tungsten fishing weights and uh tying together the wrestling world and with the fishing world the company is called woo tungsten um (laughs) and you have to say it like that every time woo tungsten (laughs) partly because of the rick flair tie-in but also partly because when you catch a giant bass yeah what are you screaming you're screaming woo i got you 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 so uh, you have sold started (laughs) we started the company a little almost three years ago and it's grown into being a a really big brand we have 135,000 followers on instagram and Mm -hmm. yeah we've kind of grown this from the the bottom up we're both you know, very dedicated, hardcore fishermen. And there was, you know, some real problems with the current product on the market. Ah, I see what you did there. Real. (laughs) (laughs) So we went out and created a better product and, uh, you know, we're really proud of it and it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. But the cool thing about being an entrepreneur is the more time you put into it, the more, you know, value you get out of it. So, it's been uh, it's been great, and that you know, and I feel like being a YouTuber is also you know, uh, that makes me an entrepreneur. Like everything mm-hmm. I do with my YouTube channel is me creating the opportunities for you know those those interviews to happen, those videos to be made. <clears throat> and if anyone follows my channel or subscribes to me, you know, you know the journey I go on for these interviews. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I'm flying to the other side of the uh, uh, country to make it happen. When I interviewed Tony Khan, the CEO of AEW, yeah. two months ago, it was one of the few interviews that he gave. It was like basically me and Takas Jericho and a couple others. I drove five hours each way to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, his family owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we did the interview inside his family's suite on the 50 yard line Shit. inside TIAA Bank Field where the Jaguars play. It was such a cool thing. So, you know, that, that, that makes me not just a grinder, not just like someone who's really getting after it and hustling, 
but yeah, that's, I mean, that's a trait of an entrepreneur too. Yeah. Now I'm seeing your fish here on uh, Instagram and I, I must say you have a nice bass. <laughs> <laughs> you are, are you checking on my bass right now? Yeah. It's nice, man. <laughs> Glistening in the sunlight. <laughs> yeah. I, I do love me some, uh, I do love me some bass. <laughs> <laughs> you i'm know, a bass man what can i say <laughs> <laughs> that should be a shirt <laughs> i'm a bass man bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah man um you've been doing the the broadcasting thing you know buku years thus far and i'm i'm just getting into it you know three years with this show and whatnot and i'm i'm making those strides man um i i did my first con uh last month uh here in houston um i'm doing another one this weekend in uh pasadena which is south houston and then um in november i'm going back to jersey going to atlantic city for another con and i'm just spreading the word that is me (laughs) Are you like you're getting a booth there? You're getting a table there? Is that what you're doing? Um, I'm doing a panel, and then oh wow, we'll have a booth there as well. And then I'll probably be doing a couple of live shows. Dude, that's amazing! Congrats! Yeah, it's just like now is because I have more support than I had in the beginning. Because in the beginning, it was just an obnoxious hobby. I was like, oh, you, sh-, you know, the wife was like, ah, oh, you ain't gonna be doing this shit, man, yes. man. See, man, yeah. she talk like that sometimes. And, <laughs> and um, you know, after I think year one, she was just like, you really doing this shit, you know? It's like, yeah. yes, I really am doing this. <laughs> and, then, and the real. The real takeaway here is I think a lot of people get discouraged after because, you know, it it is very time consuming Mm -hmm. to be a podcaster or YouTuber. And I think people get really discouraged when they put out their first two, three, five, ten, whatever it happens to be. And the audience isn't there. And I think people need to remember, like, no one was listening to the first, you know, 100 episodes that joe rogan recorded the first 500 probably and look at him now you know just stick with it like if you're enjoying doing it Mm -hmm. don't let the numbers discourage you just do it like do it if it makes you happy do it if it if it interests you do it if it's something that you're passionate about Mm -hmm. and then the listeners and the viewers will end up following because they'll be able to feel your your passion that you have for it yeah and i wholeheartedly agree Cause um I have many people that'll reach out to me and be like, "Hey man, I'm thinking about starting a podcast." And I was like, first of all, don't think about it; just do the shit." And, yeah, <laughs> and because I mean, that's truly the only way that you're gonna know if you like it or not. You know. Well, I'll let you in on something. I uh, I'm I'm making a podcast. Uh, God damn it, dude! Yeah, I've- are we are we best friends or what? Because like, <laughs> did we just become best friends? Yeah, because like, I, you know, you saying what I'm thinking. And then we we've been in a lot of the same places. We, you know what? You, you my best friend now. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, yeah, my podcast. Uh, I'm I've set the. I'm, I'm a very big believer in setting specific goals because okay. specific goals get specific results. And uh, and I have a T-shirt now that says "Vague goals get vague results," which is you know a damn fact. So I've I've uh, you know I've put all the wheels in motion that. By July 1st, I will have at least my first episode up. So it's called, uh, very original name here. Mm-hmm. It's called 
the Chris Van Vliet show. What? Um, <laughs> never, never thought you would do man. Crazy. So the idea is I'm going to take the audio from my YouTube interviews. Yeah. And, uh, and I get that not everyone wants to watch or listen to these long form interviews on YouTube. So, mm-hmm. but I take the audio, put it on my podcast. And, uh, you know, then when you're driving to work or you're sitting at work mm-hmm. and you just want to pop your headphones in, now you can just listen to the interview. Uh, and it gives you just a, it's a completely different medium, same message. Uh, but completely different medium, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to starting that and you know, trying trying to make that as as uh, as big as I can. Yeah, and I you know, I was thinking about that or whatever because I mean you do a lot of video content and everything. I was I was going to ask you that, but you already presented it to me. You already gave me the layout <laughs> and whatnot. There we go, same wavelength. It just mm-hmm. honestly it was the next logical step, and I yeah. think for the longest time. I got asked a lot. I got asked by a lot of different people and a lot of different podcast networks, like, was I going to start a, my own podcast? And the answer was no. Like, I didn't want to have a podcast where I reviewed Raw every week or I, mm-hmm. you know, harped on the product. And, you know, if that's what your podcast is about, you know, there's lots of people that are doing that. That's yeah. fine. That's just not what I wanted my podcast to be about. My strength was in doing interviews. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, if I'm going to do a podcast interview, then it's going to take away from my YouTube channel. Well, now I'm like, I'm just going to do both. I'm going to yeah. combine them together. And what you see on YouTube is what you're going to hear on the podcast and vice versa. I don't expect you to listen to both. Mm-hmm. But if you you listen or watch one, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that going to fall up under the umbrella of you? Or are you going to reach out to a, a network uh how, how this is gonna go about i i think i'm gonna have to do it on my own at least to start yeah you know kind of work out the kinks and then if if it you know, if it grows from there great but uh you know this is something i want to do for me and i'm a fan of wrestling and if other fans can appreciate this then let's do it cool beans now we've been rambling here for about an hour i, I i've Thoroughly enjoyed your company, sir. But this is where we have to put the pin in it. <laughs> well, likewise. Look, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time, inviting me, reaching out to me, and making this happen. Cool. And um, before we ride off into that good night, uh, let everybody <laughs> know where they can find you on social media if they haven't been following you and doing whatever with you already. Well, uh, thank you again for having me on. Thank you to everyone who's listening to this. And uh, it's easy to find me online. It's just my name at Chris Van Vliet, V-A-N-V-L-I-E-T. And that's on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and of course my YouTube channel. And if, you, if you're a wrestling fan and you've watched any of my interviews, uh, it'd be awesome if next time you come across one of them, just uh, throw me a subscribe. And um, my specific goal for this year, because once again, specific goals get specific results. Mm-hmm. My specific goal for this year was to put out 50 wrestling interviews. And uh, tomorrow morning, I'm uploading number 40 with Ryback okay. and it's only June. So I think we're going to hit this goal of 50 pretty easily. Yeah. 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 And then I have a wrestling minor so you can get me and I'll be like 40 and a half or 40 and a quarter. <laughs> no, we don't do half interviews. That would be a full interview. That would be a full, that would be a full count. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, I took some bumps. I mean, I hit, I hit my head pretty good one time. It was all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different kind of bump, I think. Oh, no. Uh, I, I didn't even get to, into my wrestling minor story, but we can save that for another time. Let's uh, do it next time. All right. But um, as always, you've been a guest of the show, and the door is always open for you to come back, promote your next big thing, or just to come shoot the shit. I mean, is I'm here for you, man. 
I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. This, this was a fun chat. It's like we're just hanging out yeah. Yeah, as the best friends that we are. Yes, bestest friends that anyone could be. <laughs> what was that, the hangover? Yeah. Yeah, we're the three best friends that anyone could have. <laughs> yeah, shit, we, we could probably give Chuck E. T. and uh, Trent a run for their money. Oh, love best friends. What a great tag team. And there he was, CVV, Chris Van Fleet. <laughs> man, uh, fun episode, man. I-, I hope you felt the same way. Um, and as per mentioned on uh, my Instagram earlier today, as I record this outro, um, you can have a chance at winning a free T-shirt from my merch store on randomrobcast.com forward slash merch. So whatever T-shirt on there in your size, I get that to you if you uh meet the criteria. So you have to go to my Instagram and figure out how you can uh win these uh, free shirts. I'm only do it for two people. So you know you got two people, and you can win you a free shirt from the website. So like I said, the way you can win it it's on my Instagram. So you have to go to my Instagram, search for the random rounds with Rob or three R show. Well, no, don't search for three R show. Cause you know, that punk motherfucker got my dag on hashtag. Or, I mean, profile, you know, the shit, the freaking at sign, then three R show. That's not mine. I don't own that one because I'm sorry. Son of a bitch. Got that shit before I got to it. But anyway, you just look up the random rounds with Rob or use the hashtag three R show and you find me. And, um, Check out my video. Also, today I went to Retro Palooza uh, down in Pasadena, Texas, and I acquired me an OG Xbox. So I got like a bag full of games. I bought another controller and everything. But the dilemma is I don't have a proper television with the um, AV uh, jacks in the back because, you know, all this modern stuff, they cutting out all the older tech and whatnot. And I can't properly hook it to my projector right now. So I had to order an HDMI uh, hookup joint for it or whatever. So that'll be here Monday. And um, I might have to bust out the old TV out the closet so I can hook this thing up and um, do some gaming and whatnot on the OG Xbox. And to be full honest with y'all and everything, the only reason, the only reason I wanted that original Xbox and you can probably go through and name a slew of games in your past that uh, you would love to play again. But I only got an original Xbox because the price was right. And because I only want to play two games, two games. And, you know, I know Xbox currently is trying to um, make the new system, the Xbox One X and the future one that's coming out that they're going to announce at E3. They're trying to make it backwards compatible with all four generations, which soon to be five generations of the Xbox. But I know damn well they're not going to make these two games compatible. And that's Enter the Matrix (laughs) and The Path of Neo. So that's the only reason I bought an Xbox. And it's some stupid ass street basketball game called... uh, street hoops (laughs) that I wanted to play that I remember from my, you know, playing the original Xbox when it was actually out from back in the day that I could never dunk on that game. It was like some convoluted way button mash that you had to do to dunk the ball. And now that I'm older and I got enough wit in my brain housing group, 
I'm going to play this game and I'm going to figure out how to dunk this goddamn basketball. Even if I got to get on motherfucking YouTube, I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> but shout out to everybody at Retropalooza for uh, showing up. And uh, thank y'all for having me there. I appreciate you very much. And uh, hopefully I can get at you again next year. Um, Chris Van Vliet. I messed up his name earlier on my Instagram. You'll see that too when you find out how you can win these free t-shirts. God damn it. <laughs> but um, dude is super nice, super cool. Um, I wish him all the best in his future endeavors. I, I'm, and I say that not in a way that he going to get fired from somewhere and <laughs> pop up somewhere else. But uh, he can't get fired. He worked for himself. Anyway, I digress. Great interview. Great time. And um, I, I think I've rambled enough. And because I'm trying to get up on this Xbox, that's basically what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to say what I got to say. Thank Chris. Um, I'm holding him to that Chris Pie Five in Tampa. And um, yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. Anyway, follow me on the Twitter at It's B Rob. That's I T S B R O B. If you want to talk professional wrestling and any other general shenanigans, that's the place you do it. Um, also, this show that you're listening to right now has its own Twitter at 3R Show. And you can find uh, me on Instagram to where you can find out how you can win these free T-shirts. And um, you can also go to randomrobcast.com to where you can find all the things I just said, plus many different ways that you can help support this show and help it grow. Man, I'm trying to travel and take this thing out on the road and meet some of my fellow podcasters all across the states and whatnot. And hell, if I can get outside the country, maybe go to Canada, you know, further north and, um, you know, some overseas shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to need a little support because the nine to five and <laughs> it's not cutting it right now. But um, many ways you can support is being a patron. Go to patreon.com, search uh, 3R Show, the Random Rounds of Rob. I'll pop up and uh, you can support for as little as a dollar. If you're not into the paying a subscription or paying uh, things every month, um, because I mean, I know, look, I'm, I'm honest with y'all. You know, I'm lacking on the freaking uh, Patreon tip right now. You know, I used to upload all these uncut episodes and whatnot. As soon as I finish them, but I've been getting bogged down. This whole WrestleMania thing threw me off and I keep blaming it on that. But, you know, work has been ramping up and all kinds of things like that. If you read the news for here in Houston, Texas, there was a shooting, you know, at one of the places that I normally frequent with my job. So, yeah, it's getting real out here. So, you know, I'm lucky to be here sitting here podcasting with y'all. But. Um. So you can support via Patreon again. Like I said, um, you can buy some merchandise. I mean, I love creating things for y'all and I, I take suggestions and I'm trying to commission some more talented artists than myself so I can get you some cool things out there. So uh, you can go to randomrobcast.com forward slash merch and um, buy some merch. Um, I got to fix my link from Amazon wish list because I got, you know, equipment on there. If you want to denote uh, denote. <laughs> donate that to the show it'd be gratefully appreciated and i got some amazon links y'all can use that i can get some uh commission off of your purchases you don't pay nothing extra i just get a little kickback for you using my links and um you can just donate straight up for one time you know i got links on there to cash app and freaking paypal but all that aside money is not the issue here money is you know i'm getting by but the main way that you can support this show and any other show that you listen to or view 
on YouTube or whatever is by subscribing, you know, writing reviews, clicking, resharing, uh, you know, even if you ain't listening to me, just play this motherfucker in the background on loop. Go start from episode one and just let it play all the way through to one freaking 74. Just do that. <laughs> but um, writing those five star reviews. And if you have anything under five stars, leave some feedback. Let me know what I can do to make this thing better. Um, the, on the tip again of the Patreon thing, I know I just talking about the free way that you can help support the show the most important way. But um, I'm trying to think of more ways to, you know, spice that thing up, man, because I know I'm lacking, you know, but I'm here. I'm listening. Got them ear holes open. Send me some suggestions and whatnot. And um, maybe one day I can meet you in the flesh and give you a crisp high five. So on that note, I'm done. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope you enjoying, you know, what's the hope you're getting ready to enjoy what's to come. And I'll see you next time.